The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Lord, Lord, you, Lord Christ. And Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet, as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Christ. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, for some of you who are with us today who are my age or are senior to me, I'm going to start by saying today we get the rest of the story. Anybody remember a guy named Paul Harvey used to say that? Today we get the rest of the story of Mark chapter 6. And as I prepared this week for this message, um, it dawned on me that this past spring, I witnessed something that really spoke to me in this gospel that I've read countless times today. You see, this past spring, I enjoyed a front row seat of a pair of birds building a nest just inches from our dining room window. And after a lifetime of being outside, I can honestly say I had never witnessed this process so closely. And it was impressive to see this pair of birds work tirelessly and faithfully daily to prepare this nest. The pair meticulously gathered bits of grass, twigs, leaves, and paper, and wove them into a nest that was safely tucked in a little alcove that provided them both shelter and protection. <coughs> And of course, right after the nest was completed, the mom began sitting on the eggs. And then in a couple of weeks, they began to open. And soon I could see five little mouths stretched out in search of nourishment. But once again, the pair were on a mission, back and forth feeding the hungry little ones. But of course, as we know, then came the day for them to go, for them to fly. It was fascinating because it appeared at first they didn't want to go. And who could blame them? They were content. They were getting fed daily in a warm, cozy nest. And after all, it probably looked pretty scary out there in the, in the unknown before them, outside the nest. And they were so young, so green. And let's face it, it's a very unforgiving world out there, is it not? and they were still very young and inexperienced. They had no idea how to go it on their own. And most importantly, they didn't know how to fly. They had never used their wings. They were formed but barely developed. The world before them must have looked scary 
yet they weren't meant to stay in the nest. If they were to continue and to grow and to glorify, they had to go. And one by one, those little fledglings moved to the edge and fluttered their little wings for their lives and suddenly took off, all except for one of them. The last one moved to the edge and moved back inside again. He stood on the edge and looked around and then backed away. It appeared that as if he looked around, he decided that taking the risk to go wasn't a good idea. The little guy was stuck. And that went on for about a day, but then Mama came back, and you can imagine what happened. She went in and pushed the little fellow right out of the nest. And I'm sure he was quite panicked. <laughs> but his little wings fluttered frantically, and as he flapped for his life, to his surprise, he flew away. And he landed, in fact, on a branch in the nearest tree, and he just sat there for a moment. But after discovering he could fly, he went away, and he was gone for good. If only it was that simple for us. Oh, if we could only be so brave. But us humans, as we know, are pretty complicated creatures. We know what goes on inside the little bird's brain, probably to the best of our ability. And we really can't imagine what he was thinking. But we do know what goes on in our little brains when we're faced with doing something we've never done before, or when we have to take a risk we don't feel prepared to take. And some of us are the daring sort. They simply go off and do that thing, whatever it is. But if you're like most of us and you're like me, it's never that easy. In fact, the older we get, the harder it gets. That's where young children and grandchildren can teach us all something about life and risk-taking. It seems that inhibition grows with age doesn't it? The older we get, the more we seem to unlearn how to take risks. The more educated we get, the more reasons we find to avoid new risks and challenges. It seems that the more leaps of faith we've taken in life which may have failed, hurt us, changed us, or wounded us, the more we tend to cling to our version of the nest in our lives, fearful of taking new chances. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, we have. Well, I call that getting stuck. Getting stuck is that psychological, mental, or spiritual place within us that tells us it's safer and more comfortable to just stay where we are rather than go the unknown. We can get stuck in jobs that no longer nourish us, stuck in relationships that no longer honor us, stuck in habits that no longer help us, stuck in places that no longer sustain us. We can even get stuck, my friends, in our discipleship. Getting stuck for us as human beings is very complicated. Sometimes we get stuck due to some form of grief, some trauma, or fearful past experience. Some of us get stuck because we lack self-confidence, self-motivation, or maybe self-compassion. One of the strangest things about us humans is we can actually learn to get stuck, the same way we can learn self-critique and self-denigration. We can internalize negative messages that others have thrust on us through our past failures or past traumas 
And before long, we start to believe that we can't fly. And despite knowing that it's not good for us to stay where we are, no matter how hard we try, we can't seem to go forward and we soon find ourselves stuck in life. Well, a guy by the name of Chris Germer authored a book titled Mindful Self-Compassion. He says when we experience difficulties in our past and tend to feel alone and powerless, we can become frightened to move and go forward. He goes on to say we will usually react in one of three ways. We will either fight, flee, or freeze. When that happens, we can soon find ourselves ruminating over our plight and failure, making us unable to go backwards or forwards. And it's at that point, just like that little bird, that we find ourselves stuck. Anybody ever felt stuck? Stuck in a life-draining job or in a toxic relationship? Stuck in the past? Stuck in grief? Stuck in the old ways of thinking? Stuck in old habits that you just can't seem to break? Stuck in complacency? Stuck or comfortable in comfortable surroundings? And you become afraid to move forward? We've all been stuck. Any of us that have lived any length of time. Somewhere or another, we all get stuck in life. And folks, even churches can find themselves stuck at one time. And what is a church? Who is a church? You are. So the question before us today, how do we get unstuck when we get there? Well, I think we can learn something from those little birds on my porch, as well as what we can learn from Jesus and his disciples today in this lesson. You see, like the little bird, we need to realize we've outgrown our cozy nest. And like the disciples, we have to realize that we have a calling. We have a mission to fulfill. And at some point, we have to realize that we need a vision. We need a helper. And we need some instructions. And oftentimes, like the little bird, we need a push. We need confidence and insurance, someone to enlighten us. We often need what I like to call a little boost of faith. A little boost of faith. And once again, through this series that Mark's taking us through, we're back into a little faith thing. We need someone to encourage us. And someone to remind us that we are the chosen. We are the chosen who have been given wings to fly and a calling to glorify. In our gospel today, if I can get it going here. Oh, that's hard to read. Sorry about that. In our gospel today, we heard the continuation of last week's message in Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. And as we remember from last week, Jesus had just been rejected in his own hometown synagogue by his friends and family, who had taken offense at his ministry when their vision and acceptance of him was different than what they thought, because they had become stuck, hadn't they? The passage closed with Jesus saying, he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And his final words in verse 6 were this, and he marveled, he marveled of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. In today's gospel, 
It tells us that Jesus then called his inner posse together, the twelve. And he gave them authority. He gave them divine authority to heal and cleanse. He then told them to go and take nothing for the journey but a staff, no bread, no bag, no money, no extra clothing, just a staff. He told them to go, and he's basically telling them to go and trust in God for all the provision that they needed. And if they were welcomed, <clears throat> they were to stay, stay in that house, not go to another one that might be better, stay in that place and preach and heal. And if they were not accepted, that they should just shake the dust off their feet and move on, to go, to move on. Well, it's hard to imagine standing here today after they watched Jesus get rejected in his own hometown group, what they might have been thinking. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he knew the best thing for them to do was to get back on the horse before they got stuck and before they didn't get back on it. But if Jesus didn't get stuck after being rejected among his own family, who had no confidence or faith in him, then why are we so hard on ourselves when we're asked to go? Why do we get stuck? If anything else, last week proved to us that Jesus can even have bad days, right? Teaching moment days. Friends, lack of confidence, lack of vision, prayer and encouragement can eventually paralyze God's chosen people within the safe walls of the church. And they can prevent us from growing and going as we are called to do. Keeping us stuck. Keeping us in the nest. Keeping us right here preaching to the choir. It's not what we're called to do. It's easy for the disciples to get stuck, my friends. I've been in a lot of churches over the years and I've seen them stuck. Getting stuck prevents us from sharing the gospel in this community or in our office or even in our own families. And Lord only knows Jesus proved that our own families can be some of the hardest places to reach people. As we know, familiarity does breed contempt. And contempt and rejection can cause us to get disappointed and cause us to get stuck. But we must remember, we must remember that disappointments are part of life. Becoming discouraged and becoming stuck, however, are a choice. An unacceptable choice. An unacceptable choice for God's chosen people. When Jesus was rejected, he immediately went back at it, it tells us. And he tells us, his disciples and us here today, to do the same thing. Because he knew if they didn't, they would get stuck. And being stuck would allow those wing-clipping, flight-crippling feelings to prevent us from fulfilling the mission of the church, which God has created and called each of us individually to be here to do. And the good news is today that we're not in that alone. Jesus has given these guys divine authority to do the things they did that day. But you've been getting something even greater than that. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that they hadn't received yet. So we're not in this plight alone. We have a helper. We have a companion. We have an advocate. And we also have a staff to lean into because we have the full power of the Trinity. We have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus reminds us that we have a life to live and a mission to fulfill. And His Spirit nudges us 
when we've outgrown our comfortable surroundings or when we get stuck on a spiritual plateau in life or some cozy comfort zone in our lives, that's when he gives us the courage to not fear the unknown but go forward. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He stays with us, behind us, and ahead of us, always encouraging us to take that leap of faith. And as Psalm 23 tells us, He restores our souls when we get depleted. Friends, Jesus, who is within us, restores our faith when our faith gets trampled, when it gets tired, when it gets weak, when it gets fearful, so we won't get stuck in life, stuck in our discipleship. And the power of the Holy Spirit gives us a little push when we need it. And Scripture reminds us that in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can soar on the wings of eagles and not have to worry about the end results. And that's comforting. It's very good news, in fact, because that's where fear usually trips us up, isn't it? We equate risk with success and success with results. As God's chosen people, living a life in Christ, our salvation is a gift. It's not contingent on something we have to achieve or some goal we must hit. But we are simply just a call to go out and share the good news of Jesus. Tell people how Jesus has made an impact in your life and changed you. All we need to do is just jump out of the nest, which oftentimes are these walls, and go out there and faithfully share the gospel. That's it. God does the rest. It really isn't that hard. And you're saying, sure it isn't. You've been doing it a long time. I also did it for the first time one time. And St. Francis of Assisi told us, told a young monk training with him one time, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary to use words. Friends, all you're called to do is just to model your faith out there. Subtly drop where Jesus has helped you and got you through the challenges and the stuck places in life. Francis of Assisi also said these words that speak to us in this season, and I love these dearly. Start by doing what is necessary. Then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. Listen to that. Start by doing what's necessary. Then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. <laughs> Folks, you start by going from this place every week. That's where we start. And that's what we're called to do. Because there comes a time when the only thing left to do is just take a leap of faith and go. The time had come for Jesus' disciples to take their first mission in life to go out on this short mission calling. There comes that time for all disciples. In fact, our mission is the very same here at St. Barnabas. It's part of our mission tagline. We say, come, grow, go. And we come here and grow every week in our discipleship training. I've been here for a long time now. And most of you I know in this room have been here for a while as well. In fact, you've had far more training than these guys had had at this season in their lives with Jesus. Scholars tell us they may have been together a year and a half at this time, something like that. Yeah, they've seen a bunch of miracles. But you've been coming in here a lot of Sundays. And you've been trained. You've been discipled. And there has to come a time when we have to go. Because just like those guys, we're just ordinary people who have been given extraordinary abilities to do things beyond the walls of this church. And they, like us, as Paul said in the, first, in the New Testament reading, were chosen before the foundation of the world. Friends, God isn't looking for PhDs. God's looking for our wills, 
I will go and do what I've been called to do, what I've been commissioned to do. God's looking for us to just faithfully go out as disciples and share the gospel. He commissions us, friends, every single Sunday to go out on a short-term mission trip. Because every week after we've received word and sacrament, we pray these words together at the post-communion prayer. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and to serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord, to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit. Be honor and glory now and forever. We pray it every week. That's your commission. Every single Sunday, you're sent out on a short six-day mission trip. So think about that this week. Think about it before you come in next Sunday. Because I want you to step into it and stride into it this week. Just tell someone, you'll have the opportunity. And I'm going to tell you right now. If you pray for that opportunity, it's the only thing I can guarantee you. You want to have an answer to prayer? Pray for God to use you this week and give you the opportunity to put someone in your path that you can share your faith with. And if you do that, and you faithfully do it and come back and tell me you didn't have that opportunity this week, then unfortunately you don't know what the opportunity looks like. So we need some more discipleship training. Because you'll get that prayer answered. God will give you that opportunity. When you are commissioned here every Sunday, you have that. And that's the one thing that I can tell you for sure. So today, I invite you to grasp the power of faith to fill you. The indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to propel you from this place today. And the power of the staff to lead you into new places. And remember, friends, we're never in this alone. We still go out two by two. Because Jesus goes out with us every single day. He's in you and within you. And he's there for you to be a disciple and to use him to propel you forward in the times that you don't feel like you can go and you want to get complacent and not take that opportunity. I can tell you this with all honesty. Some of the main things I've regretted in ministry in my life is when I knew I was given an opportunity and I went to bed that night and the Holy Spirit stuck that back in my head and I didn't press into it that day. Pray for it. You'll get the opportunity and then press into it. Because we have the full staff with us, don't we? We've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit going with us on every single mission journey we go out on. Press into it today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>